Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Kirsty and Briny's comfort zone. I am Kirsty. I am Briny, and <sighs> this is Perian. Welcome, Perian. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello, thank hello. Thank you so much for joining. Just fre- fresh from a from another recording. I, I I'm stepping into this one. I had to cancel another one. I'm, I'm in demand. <laughs> oh my god! Very busy. No <laughs> <laughs> now oh the question gosh. is: Are we going to get like? Does that mean you've been doing a podcast for an hour, so your your podcast skills are honed? Oh, they're. Or does that mean you're you're done with podcast now? I'm all warmed up. Don't you worry. Nice, nice. This could be a good good. one then. Not the the sloppy seconds of podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! First things first. How do you feel? It's too late now, but how do you feel talking about dreams? Because some people absolutely hate it. Some people love it. Where where do you lie on the scale? you go, have you guys heard of a comedian called Alexi Sale? Yes. So Alexi Sale. Okay, so he was he was big in the sort of 70s and 80s. Um, you would see him on The Young Ones occasionally, and he was like, his whole thing was that he was like a very, very shouty, angry, kind of militant comedian. He was very he was very funny, very sort of of his time, um, but a very smart guy. And one of the things that he did, he did a bit about how he hates it when people talk about their dreams as if it's a fascinating story. Like if you <laughs> if you have a very brief summary of a dream where you're like, I had the craziest dream where so-and-so, you're like, oh, gosh, that is weird. But when people are describing it to you as if they're telling you their life story, it's like, and then I went up into a balloon, but the balloon was green. It's just like, of course this is crazy and weird. It's a dream. That's the point. <laughs> It's not yeah. an interesting story if it's mm-hmm. like, can you believe that? It's like, yes, I can believe all these crazy things happen because you were dreaming. That's how dreams work. <laughs> so I think if someone's really relaying a lengthy, boring dream to you in great detail, it's just it's just dull, I would say. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I do love the idea that you can analyze people's dreams and divine some mystical secret about what they're really about because it's like it's like astrology or whatever you know it's like all of that kind of stuff and it just makes me think of people that believe in ley lines and and mm-hmm. things like that. No offense if either of you two are big ley line fans. Oh I love ley lines. Big mm. fan. I can't yeah. get enough of them. Love can't those move ley, for lines. ley lines. <laughs> but yeah so if it falls into that category of uh, palm reading and all that kind of crap, mood rings and yeah. just gibberish. So I think it's funny, but it's not something I take very seriously. Yeah, definitely. That's sort of the thing that like 
we've been exploring a lot. Like we've done like what 50, 50 odd episodes now, and it always seems to come down to, you know, the the dream book says that it means this, this, this. But honestly, you were just watching wrestling before bed, so you dreamt <laughs> yeah. about wrestlers. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's just how it goes. <laughs> It's just so, like, subjective. And I guess in that way that it's like when you're reading those horoscopes and they're just like, you will have a good day or a bad day. And you're like, I did have a good day. Oh, my God. (laughs) No. Yeah, there's a lot of, what is it, uh, positive uh, reinforcement or whatever. I can't remember what the, the phrase is. But essentially, someone tells you something is the case and you start to look for it. Like numerology. Yeah. People will say, yeah. oh, the number 13. And then you start seeing it everywhere. Dunning-Kruger or something. I don't know. Anyway, there's some clever yeah, term yeah. for it. I, I probably used all the wrong ones. <laughs> but um, with dreams, I think it's interesting because it, it is fascinating um, that they exist at all, that our brains are not switched off. I like to imagine that your brain is just bored, sitting up there, mm. just bored out of its mind. Or <laughs> this is what's happening behind our conscious brain all the time. There's just no way to turn it off. It's just a background... Because our brains obviously have to be active when we sleep. We don't completely switch off because we need to be awake to listen for creeping predators and and, and assassins or whatever. So yeah. your brain is still active and it's either that this is there to stop us just going, going mad from boredom or this is always there in the back of our minds and we only tune into it when we're asleep. I, I, I don't know which it is. But uh, they are they are interesting that they exist. Like as a phenomena, I find them fascinating. And yeah. sometimes, have you guys ever been inspired by something you've dreamt about? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I've I've asked this. Yeah, whenever we have people on, like who who do a lot of creative stuff, like D and D or art, animation, I'm always like, "Have you had a dream that's inspired you? Have you had a dream that's inspired you?" Because I I find that a lot. Like if if I really got something on my mind, like to do with the D and D storyline, or especially when I was DMing, I'd be like, "Oh, that's such a good idea. I got to write that down. I got to use that." <laughs> so it's it's good. It's like you're just like doing homework while you're asleep. You know, I, feel, I feel like I, I've definitely been inspired by by dreams. Um, like literally taking them almost wholesale. Like in the Bodega book, one of the one of the stories was literally a dream that I had, and oh, I sort of fleshed wow. it out and and added bits so it worked as a story. But it was absolutely inspired by uh, a dream I had, and it was like sometimes that that I think how, I could never have thought of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, think I never would have <laughs> sat there and come up with that. But so I think they're really, really um, interesting how often they they do open up some creative pathway in your brain. And if you can use it in a clever way, not just literally copy paste in it, but if you can adapt it, almost like adapting. This dream was adapted for for this format. You know, it's sort of uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it's great fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess it is like I mean, like you say, when your brain is thinking of things throughout the day, you've probably got like so many other distractions. But this is just like your brain's free reign time to just explore places and just be uninterrupted, I guess. So, yeah. There's nothing yeah. else getting in the way. Like your conscious brain is obviously handling so much information that it must just take up a ridiculous amount of, of the, the attention of your brain. But once your conscious brain is like, well, we're checking out for the day, over to you, crazy yeah. subconscious. The subconscious is like, <laughs> claps its hands and rubs them together. Here we go. <laughs> I still don't understand nightmares, though. In all honesty, I don't know what the benefit of those is. Oh God, yeah. Like we we have so many people come on and like talk about their nightmares, and people often say like I only have nightmares, and it's yeah, it's just so bizarre. Like, why does your brain do that to you? <laughs> yeah, it is like I think it's been helpful before. Like 
we started doing this podcast sort of as a joke. And then I have found that over the, like the more we started looking into dreams, the more it does give you like a, a little idea as to what you're feeling that you might not have mm. really thought yeah. about before. Because there's times when I've like, well, but just like brought a dream on the podcast and be like this was just a bit goofy and weird and then I've looked it up in the book and it's been like well this is often related to this and I'm like oh my gosh I am really stressed about this thing right yeah <laughs> but yeah. sometimes you're like why couldn't my brain just have a very on the nose dream that says like <laughs> this bothers you instead of being mm-hmm. like oh but the snake was inside the cushion what does that mean you're like just tell me please <laughs> sometimes yeah. it's hard as well because like people like you say they they link it to like tarot and palm reading and stuff and it's and it's hard to say but like when we're saying like oh this dream typically like means this it it's not that we're saying you know oh this is definitely what it means but it is that vague element like with tarot reading where it's like oh this might be something that's on your mind and whoever we're talking to a lot of the time they're like you know i have been thinking about this recently and i am kind of stressed about it so it's kind of it's not like you're being told that you're being thinking about this particular thing but more that it it makes you think about what you're worried about or what's on your mind and it's it's a really good way to, to sort of I don't know, just look into your own brain and think, oh, I have been worried about this. I have been thinking about this. Sort of sort of um, encouraged self um Yeah, like introspection. Yeah, yes. introspective thoughts. So. Yeah, I mean, I, look, with all of this stuff, if it makes people more comfortable, if it's some kind of therapy for them, go nuts. Like, it, I know people yeah. who are very superstitious, they're super into crystals and things, but they seem happy. So I'm like, if this is making you happy, it's completely harmless analyzing your dreams. I would never criticize someone, but I would maybe have a laugh about it privately. But it's not something <laughs> that I think you can really judge people. Well, you know. Well, we were saying a few episodes ago, we were like, maybe we don't take this far enough. Because I was reading um, about Troy and the whole thing starts because someone has a dream and they're like, this means that if you don't kill your son, Troy will burn and all of this stuff. We were like, maybe we don't go far enough with our dream. And <laughs> yeah. like, we, we should be saying like, be this means if you don't sell all your stocks and shares right now, it's going to crash. I, I have, the, I'd say the most frequent nightmare that I have is that Mrs. F is leaving me. Like that, that's Aww. the most common one. Well, no, it's horrible because I wake up and yeah. I'm in a foul mood and I'm like, you cheating bitch, you left me for that bodybuilder. <laughs> <laughs> like you know when you wake up from a bad dream and you're in a bad mood all day it's yeah. like in, the, in your brain it's like this actually happened it's like well hang on why were we in space then that doesn't make any sense but yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird but yeah i'd say that's a very common one um my my actually last night um it might have been the night before i was up here working and i just finished and i was watching some youtube and my youngest comes up it's about half past 12 at night looking terrible and i was like she's had a bad dream and she's like i had a nightmare she's 11 there was a man under her bed that was what she her dream was that there was like a strange man under her bed that was her nightmare um very raw and she was Mm. really scared and like trembling and stuff and i i've absolutely we've all been there with nightmares that are just horrific and you wake up in a cold sweat panicked it takes a long time and it stays with you it's really really traumatizing um so i think in some ways that might be underlying stress that you're not dealing with manifesting itself your brain is just so scared about something that it manifests it in this way because it doesn't know it it can't really put into words or thoughts what is really troubling you but so you're right sometimes the idea you're probably worried about your health you think i have been worried about my health or whatever it is 
Uh, I think that's interesting. So maybe there is some therapeutic side to it. Mm. I think yeah. one of the most common ones we get when we've asked someone to be on the podcast and then they'll bring on a dream. They'll be like, I finally had a dream. And it'll be something that's like, so I had a dream that I was in like a safe space, but things were trying to get in. And we're like, that's us. This is literally <laughs> you worrying <laughs> about us Whoops. getting into your head. Oh, <laughs> we're funny. the bad guys. <laughs> We've had people as well that have like, I had a dream, that I had a dream and I had to write it down. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> wow. They're really worried about being on this podcast. Yeah. Terrifying. Can't think why. I, I, think, uh, I think the nightmare thing, by the way, is because you, you often remember the last dream you had, right? You don't remember the ones you've had during the, your deep sleep. Um, it's only if you've been woken up. So if mm. it's the last dream you had, like if you were dreaming just before you woke up, you'll remember that one. And if, if with a nightmare, it tends to wake you up if it's a really bad one. Yeah. So I think you, it's more fresh in your mind because obviously your brain just goes, well, we don't need any of this. Just dumps most of it off. Yeah. Um, but when you wake up, it's still there in your short term memory, I guess. So then uh, then you sort of imprint it on your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you want to hear about a dream I had the other day? Yes. Yes. Tell Definitely. us. The book is ready. I've got two for you. Well, I want to do this one first. This is interesting. Um, I was with my youngest, um, and it was a post-apocalyptic sort of UK, and we're, we're trying to find somewhere to eat. For some reason, there are still restaurants in the post-apocalypse. Um, but they're more like a sort of, you know, when you walk into a Chinese takeaway and it's just a desk. And the menu is just like a sort of printed out uh, laminated thing. And you order from that. That that mm -hmm. It's that kind of vibe. It's very bare. There's no furniture. It's kind of dirty. And there's a lady behind the counter. And all they sell is rat legs. Oh, my God. <laughs> and in order to let you know what kind of rat leg you're getting, they have these little varnished rat legs with oh all the that are like different colored and different shapes and and each of them has like a little uh, they're on a card and next to it shows what kind of seasoning that is so we went for the upside down seasoning rat leg Ooh. and i was like i think she'll like that and i was like picking up these little rat legs and looking at them and trying to judge it and she says to me daddy i'd rather have cod and i said <laughs> i said to the guy behind the counter what's the cod like he goes well obviously it's not cod and i was like well, obviously I said, what is it? And he was like, oh, you don't want to know, but it's kind of approximate to the to the texture of cod. And then I was like, what the hell could it be if it's not cod, but it's kind of like cod? And then I woke up. So <laughs> book, Ooh. book, tell us what it means. <laughs> Take it away, Brady. <laughs> okay, I'm going to look up, I guess, rat. We must um, have looked at rat before. I have a lot I of dreams about have. rats. Not, not rat legs, but... It's not what you ever want it to be, is it? Because you obviously no. love rats very much, whereas a lot of the time the symbology of them is like... Very well, negative. For instance, yeah, it's usually very negative in the book, yeah. So I don't have a problem with rats at all. Um, I've never been afraid of them or like, oh my God, there's a rat, we've got to do something, other than, shit, we don't want them coming in the house and, and mm -hmm. everything like that. But I'm certainly not rat-phobic or anything like that. Um, I, I would say that the rat legs was not Although it was the only thing I can remember is holding these little varnished rat legs and wondering about what they would taste like. The main thing was trying to feed my daughter in a post-apocalyptic scenario. So mm -hmm. it was obviously it was a genuine fear on my part that she was going to go hungry. Yeah. So I think yeah. that was the big thing for me was that that was the main focus of the dream. The rat leg was just, you know, a part of the story, I guess. So if mm -hmm. we wanted to look at something other than rats, what does it mean if I'm worried my child is going to go hungry? That's very specific. 
Well, interestingly, I've just looked at the rat section and it says the rat signifies the diseased and devious part of the dreamer or his situation. The dreamer may experience, may be experiencing disloyalty from a friend or colleague. Oh, <laughs> experiencing Lewis, disloyalty? What have you done? <laughs> it's Lewis, I knew it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know, confusingly, it says, see also vermin. And I looked up vermin and it says, see animals. And I'm like, that's the section you just sent me from. <laughs> <laughs> Very good book. A lot of the time these books are written by AI, I'm sure of it. <laughs> oh. yeah. What's the year on this book? Because it's probably way before AI was. Oh even yeah, a thing. I can imagine. Uh, Two thousand and four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Barely had the internet back then. It was. It was. <laughs> oh no! I found vermin. Oh. It says in dreams, vermin may represent the enforced contemplation of something that is unnecessary or that has invaded one space. That's Ooh. my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> It's about my, my, my regrets of having children, I suppose. Oh, no. I, I have no regrets about having my kids. None at all. So I don't know. The, the dream book is way off on that one. I wonder if apocalypse is in here. Is that too oh, big a concept for the book to deal with? something like that in there. I have a question while Brandy's looking for that, though. What the heck is upside down seasoning? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I really want to know. It was like oh, upside down like, seasoning. You know when when chefs do that thing where they like they hold the food and then they like throw the spice in the air? Is it that they throw it from underneath instead of <laughs> dropping it know. on top? <laughs> the, the rat legs are all different coloured based on how they'd been cooked and what they were seasoned with. So the upside down seasoning was it was a very dark leg. The other ones were quite oh. a light brown leg. So I don't know what the upside down seasoning was. I my instinct was that it must have involved some very serious like soy sauce or something that, that stained the rat leg, I suppose. But upside down seasoning, I remember thinking, gosh, I wonder what that's like. I'm holding this fucking rat leg and thinking, <laughs> what is this going to taste like? I'm just thinking I'm going to have to feed this to her. Is she going to eat this? But and then she wants the I'll have the cod like we're in a chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> I, they seem to have put a lot of thought into these rat legs. They're like a like gourmet establishment. But it's the way, like, I, I, I distinctly remember I was leaning on the counter, really, really pondering it. And the, 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 the lady behind the counter is really looking at me and, like, helping me as best she can. Like, yeah, well, with that one, the way we prepare the rat leg is, you know, it's like you just have a rat. You just <laughs> catch a rat and eat it if it's the apocalypse. You're not going to go into the rat leg restaurant, which also does cod. <laughs> And decide on which seasoning you want. I mean, cod, what is that? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, the question mark cod. Yeah, the, que- the cod brackets. Up... Don't ask. I looked up child. As that was like a main part, and it says mm. dreaming of a child gives us access to our own inner child. We have parts of ourselves which are still childlike and curious. When we are able to get in touch with that side of ourselves, we give ourselves permission to clarify a potential for wholeness which we may not have previously recognised. Jesus. So, what does that even mean? <laughs> you have the potential to try rat, I guess. Yeah, takes me back to my younger days as a, a rat catcher and eater, mm. I suppose, yeah. <laughs> so strange. It's interesting because I, I, I don't dream. I do dream about my kids quite often, but there's very rarely other kids in the dream. Right. But before before I had kids, I, I didn't I didn't remember children ever featuring once I had my, my, my daughters, obviously, I, I dreamt about them a lot. I'm worried, mainly very worried dreams about them. Mm-hmm. But before each of them were born, when Mrs. F was pregnant, I had 
very distinct dreams about me with a daughter being just absolutely over the moon and happy. They were some of the happiest dreams I could ever remember. And both times I dreamt I was going to have a daughter before we did. Um, and I was like, I was just 100% convinced. My mind was like, you are absolutely going to have another daughter. I was like, fantastic. And I was just so happy. The dream, I was so happy. The sad thing is, I did a couple of years ago, after we decided we weren't going to have any more kids, I did have a dream where I had a, a son, like a third child, and it was a son. Um, oh my gosh. And I was very, very happy. And I woke up with deep regret that we hadn't. But then also, I know people who have had a third child in their 40s, and it's very hard work. So I'm very glad I, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Was was this dream before or after your daughter came in having the nightmare? Oh, this was before. This was before. before. Okay. Yeah. Oh God, here's a weird one. All right, this is. Let's change that. The rat ones don't run its course. This right, is. Right. This is. This is crazy. This was about a week ago, just before I went to Stockholm. Me and Mrs. F woke up the next morning, and I said to her, "I had the craziest dream that I was driving downhill, and she, her eyes went wide. She's like, I had the same." dream that i was what? in a car going downhill oh and, and you were driving and we both dreamt that we were driving downhill in her version of the dream we were just happily driving downhill and there was just like a really boring detail of the dream they were just we were just driving along like chatting in my version of the dream i know i'm going way too fast down this hill like i'm absolutely <laughs> hammering it down this hill and for some reason it's this real mess of like high of motorway and it comes up at the end of this hill there's a huge right turn and as you're turning right, you look down, there's just a huge valley going down like as far as you can see. And I'm coming around the corner, I realize I'm not gonna be able to make the turn and stop in time. And there's a truck to my right, so I can't swerve. So instead, I do this sick Tokyo drift and drift <laughs> the car all around the corner. And <laughs> Mrs. F is next to me and she's just going, Ooh, like screaming her head off. And I'm just like <laughs> holding onto this turn, like thinking, oh, I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it. And we made it. And I was like, what the hell? So in her version of the dream, for perfectly normal car ride that happened to involve going downhill. But in mine, I almost killed us, but I managed to get us out of it <laughs> by Tokyo drifting. It was so weird. That's amazing. But we hadn't we hadn't driven anywhere in ages. It was so weird. And we yeah, weren't planning that's so to. Bizarre. So but for us both to dream about driving downhill. Yeah. Oh. I'd love like that weird, undiscovered sort of element to dreams. Like I'm sure me and Bryony, we've had the same dream before. I'm sure that like I've messaged and be like, I have a dream about this, and you were like, "What the heck?" I had the same dream. Yeah. And then like there are people like um Cat Strike, you know Cat. Um, she's a twin, and they will have like really similar dreams, or God. they'll they'll like dream that the other one is is like hurt or in pain, and they'll wake up and message them, and it turns out they're having an awful day wow. and stuff like that. There's just a it, it's. Like you kind of think, you know, this is a bit wild. It probably isn't a thing, but it's just it's it's very cool to think like, oh, maybe there's something there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Some no, sort nice. of weird, weird like mystical element. Some to quantum it. element. They're, they're yeah. Got some particles of their brain are entangled, exactly. and so one dream affects the other. God, that is weird. Yeah. I, it's funny because I know a twin, and him and his brother have none of that. <laughs> 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 yeah they're very very similar like they really are pretty much the same person but there's no sort of twin like empathy yeah. um yeah but uh yeah it is it is funny i mean like with all of these things you you can read into random events um yeah. i mean i you know I, i've been married to mrs f for over 20 years this is the first time this has happened mm -hmm. so but you could say oh yeah that happens that happens it's like yeah it does once in every 25 years we have the same or similar dream. Yeah, it's like monkeys with a typewriter. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I guess it's also like, I think 
when you know someone very well, you tend to start making these same like um, mental leaps during things. Like there's been times that something has happened on TV that's triggered a thought in my mind about something completely sort of related to me, but on paper unrelated. And I'll turn to Alex and be like, oh, did you? And he'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I did that. And it's like we've both made that same yeah. leap that we know what the other one's thinking when they turn and say something with no context sort of thing. So I guess yeah. maybe there was just something that triggered a both memory of you to or something. have this yeah. downhill dream. <laughs> just <laughs> very different vibes. Yeah. It's because our marriage is going downhill. That's it. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and fast in my up. dream, fast. <laughs> I looked up to dream that we are going downhill would indicate we are feeling as if circumstances are pushing us in a certain direction. We may be moving from a level of attainment and now feel that we are not so much in control of our own abilities. God, that's because my, my Twitch subs are down. I was away oh, for no. three weeks. That's what it is. I went away oh, for no. three weeks <laughs> dreaming about that. I did dream actually uh, another silly, really short one I had. I dreamt that I woke up and came in, and, and I had zero Twitch subs, and everybody had left the Discord. They were, and but I no. couldn't, but I couldn't find out from anyone what it was that I'd done that made them all leave. But they were all like, "You know," I was like, "What?" I didn't oh, do anything. I couldn't get anything out of anybody. I was just cancelled, and I I could not find any information oh. about why. It was really bad. This is a really big thing amongst Twitch streamers. Like all of us have these weird anxiety dreams about yeah. like uh, like streaming and like i've dreamt that my my twitch has been hacked and people are right. streaming like horrible stuff and i'm calling my mods like shut the stream down they're like we can't do that only you could do that i'm like no I like, <laughs> dream that i'm like on the loo and i suddenly realized that i'm live on twitch yeah. i'm just like oh hey God. everyone how's it going <laughs> don't yeah. forget to like share and subscribe literally <laughs> god the classic one that they never let me forget was i i dreamt that i was streaming from bed I was just asleep and I woke up and was like thank you for the gift subs <laughs> like, oh god <laughs> this is getting too much it's I think it's because when, when we're streaming you're on camera for so long you're sort of caught up in it and I know that when, when I'm streaming I, I've become very aware that I'm on camera for hours mm. and hours and hours with people looking and if I do something stupid or say something stupid it's going to get clipped so it's like yeah. being under the microscope all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of obviously that does lead to background anxiety for a lot of people. Um, you just learn to sort of deal with it. And it's either something that doesn't bother you or it does. But even if it doesn't bother you, it's still there. It's still like a pressure in the back of your mind. So, yeah, yeah it's, I, I think it's natural that we'd all have dreams. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. I feel bad for people who can never remember their dreams. Or yeah. like, like, I think that they're so interesting because they can be so funny and and kind of it just it just gives you a really interesting view into your brain, um, and and some of them are just so bonkers. You think, like I said, like you can really use um, mm. some dreams for for creative uh, sort of purposes. Um, I did have one. This was this was the longer dream I was telling you guys about. This was I, I don't know if you guys do this. I sometimes have dreams where um, I'm not the main character in the dream. Yes. You ever have yeah. that? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like you're watching a movie almost. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, 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 it's an entire film almost. It feels like it's playing out in my brain, like an entire film. And I'm just chilling. Like I don't feature at all. No one I know is in it. It's like my brain is constructed in a, an episode of a TV show for me to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess we watch so much 
media these days, it's only natural that, that your brain would be able to reconstruct that in your imagination. So this one is about, this is about a guy who's on a spaceship and it's really cramped and awful conditions. And all the staircases are like jammed and everybody's kind of really having to bustle past each other. And they, they work on this huge pile of recycled rubbish and they have to sort the good reusable stuff from the lousy stuff, put it on a conveyor belt, but they don't know where it goes. And there are these viewports that they can look out and the star field is out there and it barely seems to move. And they realize that they're just stuck in this sort of pretty crappy situation on a spaceship. Um, and his room is like just a, a coffin style like hotel room, like in the, the ones they have in Japan. Every morning he gets out and everything in there, it gets sealed off and washed. And he just leads this miserable, miserable life. And then one day uh, there's an earthquake or, or something. They feel the ship moving and a crack appears in the spaceship and he goes out and what he thought was space is actually just a big open area that's sort of got this screen that projects stars on. And there's a tiny ladder there and he climbs up the ladder and he comes out into this sort of beautiful meadow and there's a, a house there. And he can't believe he's seeing like birds and insects and everything for the first time, goes to the house and there's a really rich guy there who tells him that, you know, this guy basically, the, the spaceship is like an underground factory and you just have to work down there. And it's a shame you found out about it, but you're going to have to go back. And they round him, he tries to make a break for, they round him up, put him back down there, seal it all up. And now he's stuck down there and no one believes him that they're actually in prison. That was the dream. Oh um, my God. God. That's like a, so cool. A space Truman show. Right? Yeah. But the weird thing is there are two pieces of media that are very similar to that. There's one, mm. which is currently a TV show called Silo, which has this exact thing where people are at the bottom of this big sort of tunnel thing. They don't know what it is. It's like this big underground silo and they recycle rubbish. There are people down there doing exactly that job. And there was something else. Is it Bridge to Terabithia or something like that it's called? It's about like, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I've heard of Bridge to, blah, 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 Bridge to Terabithia. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. It reminded me as well, though, of um, Severance. There were a lot oh, yeah. of plot points in Severance that were a lot like that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen Severance. But yeah, 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 no, I love that show. Yeah. When when Severance came out, actually, like we we had a, a couple of guests that had dreams about it like, as well. It's 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 just one of those things. I think like it's a really good plot beat, like that kind of situation that people really seem to cling to. Makes you think. Oh, this is nothing yeah. like Bridge to Terabithia. I must be thinking oh. of something else. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bridge of, Bridge to Terabithia fans. I've, uh, I've I've misquoted your film. It was something else, but yeah. I, so it was weird because I have definitely seen stuff like that in the media since. It makes me wonder a lot of the time, um, if you look at new media that comes out with new ideas, it's obviously heavily influenced by things that are happening in the real world. And if th those influences will be happening to an awful lot of people. And some of them will be writers who will put that into stories and books and films and stuff. Um, and I, you may have had similar ideas, but you couldn't formulate them in the way that, that those guys did. So my idea about this underground spaceship or whatever where they're recycling rubbish is really not that dissimilar um to the 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 silo uh, series or the books i think were called wall and this was years ago i'd never read wall never heard of it i'd never the tv show wasn't out but obviously whatever influenced that dream is a similar influence to whatever influenced that guy to write that book so yeah. i think a lot of the time we're sort of culturally um uh sort of influenced in in similar ways um and some people turn it into stories or songs or whatever, and you think, I've always wondered that as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's weird. 
Yeah, it's like stuff like The Matrix, you know, like this the whole idea of just being in a world that maybe isn't quite real. Um, Hello, I'm Wheels, the Dungeon Master for Storybreakers. Love critical role in movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons & Dragons with small town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. But technically I don't come from here. When the mysterious arrival of a celebrity from the Heroes and Adventurers Guild sets off a strange conspiracy, the group will have to leave what they think they know about the world at the door, if they're ever to unravel the truth at the heart of this seemingly nondescript town. It's not front page of the Sussai Star no. I pull up the, the today's like installment of the news to see what the front page actually is. There's a big picture of a pumpkin that's been stepped on, and it says, Outrage as pumpkin stepped on. <laughs> Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts. With Season 2 on the way, find out more at Dicebreaker.com. It's just, I don't know, it's just something that's really, it's really prevalent in a lot of media and it's it's really interesting. That's not so cool though, like I was like properly imagining along with that dream, I would watch that. <laughs> yeah, I would no, I, watch that I, TV I, I show. was like, damn, this would this would be pretty funky as a, as a TV show. But uh, I just, it, to me, I think that the thing is when you have a dream, um, it's obviously so intense because you're not just feeling images that you see on the screen and sort of thinking of them the way you do with a TV show. You're feeling emotions and they're so real that yeah. it's like much more empathy than you could get from a book or a TV show because it's it's pure imagination. There's no translation from page to screen or page and screen to your brain. It's just raw input. Um, so when you have these very intense dreams, I think the reason I remember them is the emotions in them are so pure and so real that when the character comes above ground for the first time and sees all this beautiful nature and, and everything, I can absolutely remember that feeling, even though it wasn't real and it wasn't even me in the mm. dream. It's, it's like the emotion that you feel in that dream is so, so, so pure. Um, so I, I, I've always thought the dreams are almost entirely just emotional. There's very little logic to them. It's like our pure emotional side. So maybe people who don't dream much are just robots. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think that reminds me of um the dream that Paul Rithian had. He had this dream where he like met the love of his life and they got married and it felt like they had a life together. And then he woke up and was like, this person doesn't exist doesn't and none exist. of that happened yeah. and he was so sad for like the whole day because oh, he was like God. he felt like he had genuinely lost this person that it's been <sighs> Years yeah. with <laughs> that's that's absolutely tragic. That's there's an episode of Star Trek Next Generation like that. Is there? Yeah, there is. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Someone will know. Um, Picard is um, this probe turns up, and of course, as with all probes, probes the Enterprise, and Picard passes out, and the crew is like, "Oh my God, what's happened to the captain?" And there's sort of two stories: there's him up on the bridge, passed out, and then. He lives his entire, an entire lifetime down on the surface of this planet. And he gets married, he has kids. And in the background of this story of him on the planet, the planet is the, the, um, the sort of environment of the, the, the planet is failing. I think the sun is going to wipe them out. And they're trying to figure out a way off and they can't get off the planet. They're stuck there and they're, they're going to die. And they realize that all their history and all their music and everything is going to die with them. And the resolution is that at the end, Characters who have been a part of his life all along but have died turn up again. 
And he's like, how are you here? And they explained to him that the probe had this vision contained within it to remind some future intelligence of that these people existed oh to tell God. their story. So he lived his life among them, completely changed him. And I thought that is so incredible. But he, he, he wakes up back on the bridge and they were like, Captain, you're right. He's like, how long have I been gone? They were like, well, about 20 minutes. So it's just like, right. like a dream, yeah. it just oh zapped God. into his mind. I just um, um, quickly DM'd a friend of mine who is a really big Trekkie and he said the episode <laughs> is called Inner Light. The Inner Light, absolutely. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing, it's widely regarded as one of the best episodes. Um, I, I think as a pure sci-fi idea, I love it. Um, the idea that the way that they preserve their people is in the minds of whoever finds the ruins of this civilization. I just love that so much. Yeah. Um, and explains everything about them. Like he now knows who they are, who they were, what happened, but not just for, as a factual pages on a book. He, he's felt it and he knows who they were. And I, I think that was just magic. I loved it. Out of interest, like when you have your dreams normally, are you in first person or third person? Yes, it, I was going to ask this. So <laughs> it, can, it can vary, but more often than not, it's third person. More often than not, I'm watching. I feel like I'm over my shoulder a lot of the time. And yeah. they will definitely, I think the, the scarier ones will tend to be first person. But I, here's, the, here's the weirdest thing about all my dreams. This, this might make you laugh, but, but bear with me. I always have hair in my dreams. <gasps> oh. I know. It, my residual self-image, just like the Matrix, the way Neo has this residual self-image. Yeah. In my dreams, I still have hair. So who I am is so deeply formed in my subconscious that I guess it must have been formed before I went bold. I'm never bold in my dreams. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah it's really weird. Um, so I, therefore, I, th I would suggest I have to be, in most of them, third person. But like the driving one was first person. Because, yeah. you know, the way I see it, you don't do third person driving games apart from GTA. <laughs> Serious driving games are first person, like those F1 games. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the one where I was, it dips in between, sort of like a shot from my perspective and then I'll be watching myself do stuff. It's, I think my dreams are very heavily influenced by film and TV. Yeah, See, me too. I, I find that mine are always um, third person as well. Sorry, Brenny. Yeah. I was going to say, because like, I think you, yours are first person a lot of the time, aren't they, Brenny? Mine are usually first person, yeah. yeah. So we've like We've looked into stuff before about um, just like dreaming over the ages and there's times like... I guess back when you had early cinema, like a lot of people used to dream in black and white because I guess that's how they consumed their stories sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So it is interesting that you say about, you know, games you play influencing it because I think that is like that sort of media is yeah. very influential on what we see as like how a story is told sort of thing. I mean, it, 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 if you think about it, when you're watching TV, I mean, human vision is very, very um, uh, like tunnel-like. Like our peripheral vision is, is most, we talk about our peripheral vision, we think of it as just being like the extremes left and right, but it's really, we're focusing on one tiny area. And yeah. if you look at a screen, most of what you're looking at is just like a haze. You know it's there and you don't really notice it. But when you're watching TV, it's just the right size. They're like, you know, there's a right distance to have a television and a wrong distance. If it's the right distance, it just fits into your entire sort of eye span, if you like, the span of yeah. your vision. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like when that's happening, your brain is really only receiving that. It's not seeing that it's on a screen. So you become completely involved in that scene. Just think what effect that must have on your mind. Just being fed these incredible images. Your brain's just soaking it up. These, these 
frames and this amazing stuff and the editing, the constant shifting from one person to the next. Your brain is just like absorbing this stuff. It must have an enormous impact. I wonder what dreams were like before we had any kind of moving pictures, whether people did dream um, in third person or anything like that. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a really interesting thing to look into, to be honest. Like we've we've talked about dreams in the past before, and like we've said, like you know, back in back in the day, like a lot of the time they would have like a lot of religious connotations, and people mm, think like, oh, like, this, this is devil this is talking to you. You're a witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dreaming in color, you must be a witch. But they see in color, like so. Their dreams would presumably still be in color. I wonder if they had black and white dreams once movies came out because they were so influenced by TV. But I'm sure they must have still had color dreams. Yeah, they must have. They must have. Yeah, it's it's super interesting. Like the thing is, like you, you find that a lot of the, but there aren't really many records of stuff like that. I don't think. Like people don't really tend to to, to write it down or talk about it so much. It's it's hard to find a yeah. lot of information about it. I mean, there's yeah, some things weird. like, um, like I remember we uh, looked into things that were influenced by dreams and things like um, Frankenstein was written from a dream. And uh, like Einstein's uh, theory that came to him in a dream and stuff like that. And I guess it's things like if I had have had one of those dreams, I think he had a dream that he was like going downhill in a bathtub or something. And he was like, oh, this must mean that. Whereas I would have had that dream and been like, huh, weird. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Going downhill again. Very interesting. (laughs) Well, he was worried about his marriage, you know. We. uh, He did a Tokyo Drift turn in the yeah. bathtub right at the bottom. <laughs> he invented the Tokyo Drift. Nobody knows. Oh my that. god! Yeah. <laughs> Just didn't have a name for it at the time. <laughs> You've reminded me actually how, um, like the whole focusing thing. This is something of a tangent, but I remember when I first watched the new. It's old now, but like the new Mad Max film. And what Fury that Road. film, yeah, what that film did differently to like all other action films I'd ever seen is that the focal point is always the center of the screen, and you yeah. absorb it so much better. And when I watch like other action films, other things like Born or Bond, and that you're just having to like look around all the time, and it's so like so ineffectual when when you're watching Mad Max, you can honestly like I remember just in the opening scene of that film. Just being like, I've forgotten to breathe because I'm so absorbed by just having yeah, to yeah. stare straight at the centre of the screen the entire time. It's so powerfully done. I love that film. I love that film so much. Uh, when, when they when they said they were making a new one, I was really worried because it's like these the guy making them hasn't really done a Mad Max film since like the eighties. How good is this going to be? And I was just blown away by the detail. So it was yeah. so much world building that in fact you couldn't really absorb all of it. The first time I saw it, it's taken multiple viewings to really notice all the details and and infer from the bare dialogue. Because they don't talk about it. This is the best thing about it, I think. They never talk about stuff as if this is new to them. This is just the way it is. They just call him, oh, my blood bag. And you're like, blood bag? And you have to read into that, but they're not going to explain what it is. Mm. Or, you know, what they talk about, the war boys and why they've got all these growths on them. You just have to infer all those things. Um, and the mother's milk and all this stuff. It's all, they'll just use it like once yeah. or twice. And then you've built this entire world just out of this this scant dialogue. I, I just thought it was incredible. And the, the number of practical effects in that film as well. There's no CGI that sucks you out 
of the moment. You're always, and like you said, it's like a comic book. Every moment is right there, huge in, in your eye. It's really just something else. They did that in black and white. They released that film in black and white as well. Did well, they? Sorry, yeah, sorry, black and chrome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Was what they de they described it as. Because it was. It's although I think the color in that film is stunning um, and just beautiful, the way these puffs of color in this otherwise sort of barren landscape are really, really striking in, in black and chrome, it looks just as good. Um, yeah. It's it's so such a visceral film. I loved it. Mm. It's been such a long time since I've seen it. I, I remember seeing it in the cinema, um, and I, I, I like you say it, it takes multiple um, like watches, and I, it's it's been so long. I can't really remember a lot of watch it. it. I so need to good. watch it again. Yeah, I have to. I put it on my list. It's just so like I had literally never thought about how good it would be to have just a constant central focus in a film before because I, I'm always mm. like oh I like you know these big grand shots and you're looking around whereas that I was just like I'm scared to blink because I will miss something <laughs> of this film this is it was it's so good I think I mean if you look at example for me and some people might might consider this heresy of a bad film that that doesn't do that at all would be the 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 George Lucas uh, sort of the prequel trilogy um if you look at that there are multiple scenes where the entire screen is filled with action to the point where you can't actually see any of it. Yeah. It's just a, it's like looking at a swarm of bees and trying to pick one out. It's impossible. And whereas if you look at a single bee, that's interesting. But if you look at yeah. a thousand bees at a distance, you just think, ah, oh, it's just a swarm of bees. Like I can't, there's the individuality of it is lost. Yeah, no. I suppose that goes back to the whole like practical effects versus like CGI sort of thing because yeah. a lot of the prequels were just filmed in front of a green screen, weren't they? Exactly. So I guess they've got the the actor there and they're just like, right, we need to fill this up with something. Just yeah. throw in a few, few hundred droids. Yeah, just wave a lightsaber <laughs> around. We'll fill in the rest, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So did you think that in Lord of the Rings, um, the final battle sequences I thought were very grand and yeah. had that sort of epic scale but I never felt lost about where we were in the battle. I always felt like I knew what I was focusing on. And I think they did a very good job of giving you a focal point, even yes. if there was a lot going on. With Mad Max, it was like very barren other than the focal point. Whereas with Lord of the Rings, I felt it was very busy, but you still knew where to look. Yeah, you knew exactly yeah. where to go. Lord no, I totally agree. So well done. It is so so well. We we um recently, I think it was on Boxing Day last year. We we watched through all of Lord of the Rings oh. extended, and then we were like, right, <laughs> let's watch all of the Hobbit extended. Oh no! <laughs> and it was like, this is such a bad idea. And yeah. wow, the 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 shift between the two, like the battle scenes, is just night and day. Oh, it so, is so so different. There is something yeah. to be said for directors having to work to a budget, and I think Peter Jackson with limitations. Very good. Peter Jackson given free reign, not so good. I think I mean, he I know really that needs yeah, holding in. But there is a big story behind The Hobbit. Um, I think there's there's a YouTube series on it that you can watch. I would recommend it because it's not just that they said, Peter, do whatever you want. It was very different from that. And I think he it was like a nightmare making the, the trilogy um, for him. Um, so that there's a lot more to the story. Um, yeah. Because I don't think anyone who made the Lord of the Rings trilogy as good as they did could then go and make such a dog shit trilogy as The Hobbit. <laughs> like, th this is this is not just Peter Jackson, oh, he didn't have any strings on him, holding him back. I think it was, it was there, there was a lot more to it. I know yeah. he's spoken about it, so. But I've heard sad. a lot about that, yeah. I, I think, like, there were a lot of 
changes with even the fact that Peter Jackson was going to be involved, I think, at yes. one point was... Oh, yeah, of yeah. course, because it was Guillermo del Toro, wasn't it, for the longest time? Just make yeah. one film. The Hobbit is one film. Yeah, it's, it's one book, three. and it's not even that interesting. No. Just Just make one book, <laughs> one film, easy. Yeah. I think the saddest thing is that um, moment of when Ian McKellen is like... Uh, he's in front of a green screen and he's not with any other actors and he's just got tears in his eyes and he's like, this isn't why I didn't get into act. Like, this isn't mm-hmm. why I got into Aww. acting. Because, like, obviously the first films had been, like, there with them because of all yeah. their sort of forced perspective scenes and everything and then it's just him on his own. I'm like, don't do it. Don't say yeah. it. It's too sad. No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, bless him. Well, I saw him, this was either last year or the year before, at Windsor Theatre playing Hamlet. He is, oh. first of all, he's in tremendous shape. He ran oh, up. There's a, there was a flight of stairs on, was part of the set. He ran up it. I couldn't run up a flight of stairs this far. <laughs> and I'm like 40 <laughs> years younger than, than Sir Ian. He legged it up there. The only thing is he couldn't project loudly enough for the theater. So quite often you were kind of straining to hear what he said. But um, he was he was fantastic. He's just, just brilliant. Love Ian McKellen. Yeah. yeah. Love him. He's the best. He was in Bristol right. recently, but he was playing. Oh, what is it? I've forgotten the name of it. But he was he was just playing like a woman. Uh, it's like a really famous theatre part, and I can't think what it's called. But he had massive knockers. That's all I can remember. Oh, lovely! I remember <laughs> sending you. Yeah, I sent you the picture of him saying Gandalf Big Naturals, and that forced the name of the play out of my head. <laughs> That's just the name of the play now. <laughs> now I have to Google Gandalf Big Tits. Oh, I've you're in for a treat. <laughs> Believe you're me. You're going to have a great time. <laughs> Large boobs. I'll Google that. <laughs> so Ian McKellen just saw the Gandalf Big Naturals picture for the first oh, time. What's his response? Oh, Mother Goose. That was it. He was Mother Goose. Mother Goose. Okay. Interesting. He's 83. Bless him. Well, I think Blimey. he's now. By now, he's 84. Yeah, fantastic. What a lad. Oh my gosh. Honestly, that scene in Lord of the Rings when he's like talking to Pippin um, because Pippin's scared of the war, that scene is like my go-to if I'm feeling a bit panicky. Mm. It calms me down because I'm like, Gandalf says it's okay, it must be okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. That is sweet. (laughs) You know, I, I used to think that music would sort of make me more comfortable because that's the other thing i do have a lot of anxiety based dreams and for a long time i had night terrors really bad so they're like mm. when you're awake but it's like a dream which is fucking awful yeah um, but i i don't have those as much now i just have regular old panic attacks so i don't know whether that's an, an improvement or not but it's certainly <laughs> something that you come to sort of cope with yeah. um but uh i mean we've spoken about this quite a lot Brian. but um it's just one of those things we just sort of come to to terms with and eventually you just learn to deal with it. It's just a nuisance. It's like yeah. you've got an itchy foot or, you know, you know when the roof of your mouth is itchy and it won't stop itching? It, it eventually becomes something like that. We're just like, oh, this again. Um, but I, I think it's funny. I used to think that music would be a thing that I should listen to to sort of switch off my mind and relax. But I, it never works. I just end up having a tune stuck in my head at bedtime and it just <laughs> goes over and over and over. And that's like, I can't switch it off. Um, oh, no. Yeah, it sucks. So I find dreams actually quite refreshing because, first of all, it means I'm asleep. Fantastic. It's always a struggle to get to sleep. So I, I know I'm asleep. But also it's just kind of sort of freeing in a way. 
um, as long as they're not nightmares. But in general, I just find it quite relaxing to have dreams that I remember because I spend yeah. more time thinking about that than worrying about anything. Yeah, I, I've been finding that recently. Like if I've been feeling a little bit anxious or something, I have been going and just having a nap with the sole intent of just having a dream. Like <laughs> This is like my relaxation. And I've, I've had like, I think Zyla said to me the other day, he's like, you sleep a lot. I was like, I just, just want to go and have a nice dream. It's yeah. just a nice way to relax. <laughs> just like, on for a little just nap. Make, make some yourself. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Don't need a TV license. I'll just go and have a lie yeah. down. I'll use my imagination. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bit where Ralph Wiggum in The Simpsons says, like, in my dreams, I'm a Viking or something like that. And I thought, <laughs> that's very sweet, you know, that, that he can just, <laughs> just do that. Yeah. I, I have a nap every day. And let me tell you, it is great. Because I, yeah. I tend to wake up way too early. Because Mrs. F gets up at like 7, 7.30. The kids are banging around getting ready for school. So I don't really get the chance to lie in. I mean, in the past, I used to sleep until like 11 or midday or whatever. No problemo. But now I, I'm, wake, I'm waking up. You get it drilled into you when you've got to get up for the kids. Your brain is just like, it's light. We better get up. The kids will be up. And you never lose that. It's like trained you to wake up yeah. earlier and earlier. And as you get older, you just tend to wake up earlier. Um, but I do find that by about 3 o'clock, it's almost exactly about 3 o'clock, I'm like... Oh, nap time for dad, dad. Gonna go have a little lie down and, and refresh. Um, <laughs> but it's nice. I mean, and then I can stay up late and, and I don't feel tired. Otherwise, I'm just yawning all day. Um, I don't want to be one of those people who has to drink coffee all day just to get through the day because I don't think that's a, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, who, who would do that? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something so much nicer, though, about a nap than a lie-in. Because I think if I lie in, I'm like, oh, I feel bad, I'm wasting the day. If I get up early... And then nap later, I'm like, I have made good use of the day. Yeah. <laughs> I deserve this nap. I, yeah, I used I my it. time so well, I had time to fit a nap into my otherwise busy schedule. So, <laughs> yeah. I always find them more refreshing too. Like, and I dream more when I'm having a nap. Like, yeah. If I'm just in bed, I, like lately I've not been dreaming at all. Like the whole podcast has just been relying on Bryony and her brain. <laughs> I, I turn up and I'm like, I've not had a dream for what a, a month. disaster. Oh my yeah. God. Whereas if I go and have a nap, I'm just, there's just dreams everywhere. They're just all over the place. Um, so, so how, long, how yeah. long do you nap for? Um, whew, it depends. Probably like an hour usually. Oh, wow. okay. The problem is like I often, I get to like, I guess it's because of like my stream schedule and stuff, but I get to about 8 p.m. and I'm like, right, nap time. <laughs> Right. Whereas usually people like right time for bed. I'm like no time for a nap, and I'll get up at like nine, and then I'll be up till what two a.m. or something. Wow. Okay. Um. But but yeah, that's just that's just how I am really, and and it's just it's nice. It kind of just gets me all refreshed, and I'm ready to come and like hang yeah. out with my friends and play some games. And whereas if I don't nap, I'm just sitting here like falling asleep. You know yeah, what? I, though? I, I like I, a good I, twenty minute nap. Twenty, 20 minutes. minutes is... I go forty five. I actually set my alarm for forty eight. To give me three minutes to fall asleep, and then Ooh. it's a pure forty-five. Because I think that's meant to forty to forty-five is meant to be just in the wheelhouse. Because if you get into that deep sleep phase, then waking up is really hard. So you sort of want to yeah. go into a certain cycle. Yeah. Someone else, I don't know the details of it, but there's a certain cycle of sleeping where if you get into the deep and then wake up, you'll feel really groggy because your brain's like, "Whoa, wait, hold on, we were ready to sleep for another forty minutes there." So a too short a nap and you don't feel refreshed. Too long. And you don't feel refreshed. So there's like a sweet spot you've got to find. But mm. um, the problem is, because I've been doing this for so long, like generally what it used to be was I would time my nap to be when one of my kids was napping. Because they wake you up at like four in the morning or whatever. And they're like wide awake. So then you're tired. 
then they will also be tired at about midday. So you'll be like, oh, I'll sleep while they sleep. So you'll sleep there, oh, and they're like nap. And when they wake up, it wakes you up. So you get trained into having a nap because your kid has a nap. Because I was I was a stay-at-home dad, so I was the one having to do this. Didn't have a, I haven't had a real job for 14 years. So when I do get hired for a job where I have to go into work and I'm there for like eight hours, by three o'clock, I'm like, lads, it's nap time now. Come yeah. on. <laughs> it's hard. I remember so I just snooze when, a lot. When I, because I lived with my niece for the first two years of her life. And wow. I remember, so I did like a lot of babysitting. Um, it's hard work, with her. But like, I would, I loved nap time. I, that's what got me into nap time. And then when she didn't want nap time anymore, I was like, oh. but I still need nap time. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> hard. We need to talk about this. Because <laughs> there just comes a point where they're like, I don't want to nap anymore. I'm wide awake. And yeah. you're like, shit. You've not nap time. Come on. <laughs> Don't take this from me. <laughs> For weeks, I was like, come on, in a nap time, nap time. Putting her in the crib. And she was like, no, nap. I was like, please, please, nap time. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Oh, I went through a phase last year when I was, I had like some bad anxiety. So it became my daily routine where if I felt a bit anxious, I would just get into bed and I would put on um, Tom and Ben's Warhammer streams. <laughs> Sends you right to sleep. Perfect. And I would just, they both just have like, it's an interesting enough thing to listen to, but I also don't know enough about it to really <laughs> understand. So it would just send me off and it was, yeah. uh, they were good naps. Yeah. That's good. Nice. Soothing, <laughs> soothing voices. And you're not really paying attention to what they're waffling about the lore of some Warhammer guy, but it's <laughs> yeah. also not offensively boring. It's just... Yeah, it's just what it is, yeah. Just oh, noise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you got really into do a little audiobook for you, didn't you, Brony? I got him to uh he did like a relaxation thing for me because it sounds silly, but a lot of the ones you know the sorts of things, I don't know if you've ever used these, but they'd be like, you know, like scrunch your toes and then relax and then clench your fists and then relax. But a lot of them would then be like, Okay, picture this. And because I can't picture things it would then take me out of it. And I'd be like, well, I can't picture a beach. What do I do? So I got right. really into record me one where he didn't use the word picture. <laughs> 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 because he's got such a lovely voice and it did really help me. But then there was a bit because he I, he had like the same script. There was a bit where he would be like, clench your buttocks. And I'd just be like, Rhythian. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can use oh, that for one funny. of my sub alerts now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> you should do that. That's so funny. Oh, man. Does he get saltier and saltier as the, as the, as the, the, the tape goes on? By the end, he's just furious about something. That'd be, yeah. that'd be classic rhythm. The rhythm salt comes out. He's like, clench your fists, clench them harder. Clench your teeth. You're, clench them. You're not clenching them. <laughs> I said, relax. I know Mrs. Oh, F used some... Um, there was, it, was, it was like bunch of episodes this guy i think he makes quite a bit of money he does like a, a sponsored bit at the start and then it's just him telling the most boring story imaginable and he's like his voice is absolutely gonna send you to sleep he's just one of those guys yeah got like this midwestern kind of drawl and he just goes so then i went into the garden and had a little path there leading downwards and there was a water feature gently moving along. It's just like a complete non-story. And it's oh, like yeah, an yeah. hour. 
And she'd put that on and I'd come to bed a bit later and I hear this guy warbling on and I'd be like, I've got to turn this off because <laughs> I, I can't go to sleep if someone's talking. Like, there's no way. So then we got a white noise machine. You just have it there. But Mrs. F prefers the white noise, but I like what they call brown noise, which is more like industrial, sounds like machinery or Ooh. a heavy engine Ooh. going like, go, 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 like that. But without too much detail, it's more like a, a darker well, browner version of just a hiss, which yeah. white noise can often be. So it's a bit yeah. deeper and it feels more like you're sleeping next to, on a plane. You're trying to sleep on a plane, you hear that, the engine noise, just that sort of brrrr. Yeah, so, it's like sleeping in a car as well. It's exactly. always the nice, best naps. So it's like it's like that. And we, we both need that now. Unfortunately, your brain gets used to it. So when I'm trying to sleep in total silence, my brain's like, where's the fucking, where's the engine? We can't hear an engine. So, <laughs> yeah. I like putting on uh, thunderstorms when I go to sleep. Ooh. Oh yeah. Um, I, I gotta say it quietly because she's next to me, but Alexa. Um, <laughs> oh no, she heard me. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Yes. Stop what, is <laughs> what is it? What is it? How am I assist you? <laughs> <laughs> but she plays a very nice thunderstorm track. It's it's really nice. It's like a really low rumbling, and it's so relaxing. Mm. But, uh, my, yeah, my issue is the, the, the uneven nature of a lot of that white noise stuff where it's got occasionally punctuated by something completely takes me out of the, the sort of hypnotic. Mm. I need just a one steady noise and then I focus yeah. on that. So when I'm struggling to sleep, I'll literally just focus all my attention on listening to that noise. But mm. if it has detail, my brain starts trying to decode the detail and then it doesn't help me sleep. So I need like a very steady, rhythmic, no detail sound. And that really knocks me out like... Really, I get that. If I ever try and listen to music to get to sleep, I'll just I'll, I'll listen to the music too much. The only exception is sometimes I'll put on Gregorian chant because I do find oh, that wow. very relaxing. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what the hell they're going on about either. So yeah, <laughs> but I Unless I listen speak, to voices. Uh, I do Gre listen Gregorian. to audiobooks. Oh, true, true. I'm not. Does, um, so do, do audiobooks help you? Because I know quite a few people that do use audiobooks. Um, yeah, but aren't you just listening to the story? It has to be a very particular story read by a very particular voice. So I find okay. Stephen Fry, I can fall asleep to. Well, the ultimate soothing voice, right there. Yes. Yeah. But then some of them are a bit too. Like I tried listening to um, the old Lord of the Rings BBC recordings, the one that started with the like bum bum bum. Bum, bum, bum. And, I, and I was like, oh, I remember these from my childhood. I'm going to listen to these. And then it just goes straight into like Gollum being tortured. And I was like, oh nope, nope, not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> not relaxing. <laughs> I think I'm a bit of an outlier. I can just fall asleep listening to anything. That's like, nice. I, I'm like my dad. I can just fall asleep anywhere in any situation. <laughs> But thunderstorms and like gentle music really, really mm. help. They're, they're, they're my favorite things to listen to, I think. It's like Alex. Yeah. Alex is like asleep, but when his head hits the pillow and I'll just be lying awake, like, so how was your day? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we've been going for a, for an hour. Lots an of hour. tratting. We yeah. have. I feel like we didn't get to the bottom of any of your dreams. I'm very no, sorry. We didn't. Oh, <laughs> sorry. They're, 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 they're not uh, decipherable. <laughs> it's a mystery gibberish who knows yeah <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us where can people find you oh just google just google you'll find something on there i'm sure triforce <laughs> or or uh 
or my stream or, or anything else I've been up to. But yeah, I've just been, I do things occasionally. Always up to nice. stuff. Always doing something. something. Very busy today, especially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to have a nap before you know it. Perfect. Well, it was great coming. I really enjoyed this chat. I've yeah, never, thank never you talked so much. about this stuff before, so it's really, really fun. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, bye bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye.